get plugged in. And, and uh, if you weren't here for Sunday school, you missed a, a blessing. Brother Harold uh, taught us through upper room prayer meeting, an upper room prayer. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is uh, you know, sometimes as we go through this, uh, this prayer initiative, the Nehemiah building, wall building, uh, he said something this morning that, that, I, that just kind of stuck with me. He said, sometimes you've got to quit praying and start obeying. Uh, so, anyway, maybe y'all didn't get anything out of that, but I did. But he, but he was talking about being obedient prayer, unified prayer, honest praying, ambitious praying, expectant praying. You know, sometimes to rebuild, before we rebuild the walls, we're going to have to rebuild self. And, and, and that consists of getting honest with ourselves. And uh, I, I thought that was such a blessing this morning. But, hey, we would love for you to, you know, to join with us and, and join that initiative and that, and that praying through the uh, Nehemiah through, uh, through the end of December. Uh, Saturday, December 11th, Young Adults Ugly Christmas Sweater Party. Uh, that's for the young adults, and that's uh, Noah and Kaylin McMillan's home, and um, you can see them for, for more about that. Sounds like they're going to beat us to the ugly sweaters because on December 19th, Sunday, December 19th, uh, there'll be no Sunday school that morning. And we're supposed to wear an ugly Christmas sweater to the morning service. And then we'll have a meal following the morning service. And then for that evening, we will not have uh, service. But what we will do is, is we'll have Christmas caroling at Commonwealth Nursing Home. And that'll be at 5.30 p.m. No evening service on the 19th and no Sunday school. Uh, please bring a, a side dish or a dessert for the meal afterwards on the 19th. Wednesday, December 22nd, and I think he give. He gave out an insert last week, December 22nd, 6.30 p.m. That's on a Wednesday. We'll have a candlelight Christmas service and then a cookie social after the service. Everybody get that? Whew, that's a bunch of them. But uh, it's good to, to be here this morning. We've been out a few weeks. Somebody told me I need to sign a visitor card, but that's all right. Um, if I do, maybe y'all bring me some cookies. But, um, hey, let's, let's just get honest today, have a, have a great time, have a great service. Uh, how many of you thankful you can just get up and get out uh, to here today? I, I, I know I am. So um, we'll just open up in prayer uh, this morning, and we'll get into the to the worship part of the service. Lord, we come to you this morning, God. Just thank you and praise you for the ability and the health just to just to get out and, and come and worship you, Lord. I pray that uh, as we uh, step into a worship part of our service, and I pray that you just fill up. Brother Harold, this morning, whatever we do, we'll just honor and glorify you, Lord. I pray that we would just uh, uh, just take the mask off and, and, and allow your word to penetrate our heart and change where we need to change, Lord. And I pray that we just do everything for your honor and glory. Pray for Pastor Joe and Cammie. I uh, pray that you would just uh, renew, restore uh, them, Lord, this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Stephen. If you're able, please stand as we start our worship and song. Worthy of worship, number 153, Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and praise and power. Excuse me. He's worthy of all that. Our God is worthy. Sweet. 
said amen what a message uh micah five five this man shall be the peace the lord jesus christ i heard the bells number 267 in the hymnal if you desire to turn there i heard the bells on christmas day there faithful let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing this thing which has come to pass I thought that was interesting a great thing though the birth of Jesus Luke 2 15 oh come all ye faithful
before you sit down, let's see if we, how many we can wave at and smile at and say hello. Turn around and try to get everybody. We appreciate everyone that's here today, and we love all of you. And after you get done, that's mighty quick. No, I'm picking. <laughs> I'm picking. That was fine. You may be seated. Now we have some very special music.
and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the blood. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, the blood that calls the sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Rode me from the darkness into glorious What a blessing, what a blessing. I'll tell you what, them old goosebumps is rolling around up here. Did y'all get any of that? <laughs> Man, i tell you what, uh, fill me up there. I appreciate that. Thank y'all. Well, let's thank you, Lord, for what he's done for us. And go to him as in the upper room, as our brother Harold Vaughn said in Sunday school. What a challenge, what we must do. Pray with me, please. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this day, this wonderful day you've given us, as many days you've already given us over the years. We praise you for that. Praise you for your mercy and your grace that we don't deserve. Lord, we just uh, praise you, God, for meeting with us here today, blessing us in Sunday school and hearing song. We ask, Lord, you continue to be with us and help us to offer up our praise to the most deserving God of all gods, the only true and living God, you, Father. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to worship you in spirit and truth here. We pray, Lord, you bless Brother Vaughn as he brings a message. And, Lord, use him as your, as your vessel, your mouthpiece, and give him liberty and boldness and wisdom and discernment. And, Lord, may you be glorified in the preaching here today and in the remainder of the singing service. We ask all these things and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're able, please stand as we sing Joy to the World, hymn number 270. Make a joyful noise. That's God's word challenging you unto the Lord, all the earth, for he cometh. Psalm 98, 4 and 9. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and 
and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love amen you may be seated thank you Before Brother Vaughn comes up, I just want to uh, kind of introduce him, but I'll let him introduce it. he and his wife and, and, uh, and his ministry, Christ Life Ministries. But I just want to, I said earlier in Sunday school, I just want to thank Brother Vaughn and what he's meant to us and our church, and uh, especially over the last year or two. And, and uh, I just really appreciate him and, and uh, what, what he stands for and, and how he brings about the word of truth. So, so this morning as he comes up, I'll allow him to, to introduce his wife and his, and his ministry. For those of you that don't know him, let's, let's give him a round of applause. Give him a hand. Thanks, Children's buddy. Church, four to six. Four to six, I'm sorry. Four to six, Doug's going to fire me. Harold Vaughn. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Can I get a witness on that point? What a blessing. I think we ought to sing that again tonight. If I, I got anything to do with it, but... So glad that you're here this morning. How excited he is to get out of here, amen? Uh, tremendous. Hey, my wife's here. She don't want to say anything, so I'll just uh, let you know we've been married a long time, and she's the best. And I'm glad she, she chauffeured me up here today, and I appreciate that very, very much. All right, let's look in Numbers chapter 13. If you have your Bible, let's flip on over to Numbers chapter 13. Here we find Israel on the verge of the promised land. Uh, they had sent out 12 spies, prominent men from every tribe, and they were strategizing about how, how to uh, possess the land that God had already given them. Uh, this was their chance to realize God's purpose in delivering them from Egypt. This was their chance to realize their destiny. It was the opportunity of a lifetime. So look at Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. Find that and stand to your feet if you would please. Numbers chapter 13. <clears throat> Verse, verse 17, notice what it says here. And Moses uh, sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what the cities be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring up the fruit of the land, now was the time of first ripe grapes. Somebody said that life is 10% of what happens to you, and 90% of how you respond to what happens to you. I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. 10% of life is what happens, 90% is how you respond. And here we got three, uh, three responses from three categories of people. So what I want you to look at this morning is how to respond to these opportunities. Number one, there's wimp, the wimp response, the whiner response, W-H-I-N-E-R, and then there's the warrior. So I want to talk to you about the wimps, the whiners, and the warriors. Lord, have a word in season and may hearts be blessed. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Look in verse 27. Let's look at the wimp response. W-I-M-P. Wimp response. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Look at what it says. 
And they told him and said, We came into the land whither you sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Verse 28, Nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Canaanites by the coast of Jordan. Verse 31, look in verse 21. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw in it were men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. The wimp response. What you see is what you pursue. What you see determines what you do. And I'm just telling you that the, the warriors saw a land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, they brought back that cluster of grapes. Remember this? They were so big that they had to put it on a pole between two guys and had it on their sh shoulders and these giant grapes, these giant cluster of grapes. Uh, Ralph Sexton Sr. said that the grapes were so big you could remove the pulp and use the skins for a shower cap. That's a pretty good size uh, grape right there, amen? And, and they, that's what the warriors saw. They saw it, uh, a land of uh, milk and honey and fruit, but the whiners, well, they saw better days back in Egypt. And the wimps, what did they see? Giants, opposition, walled cities, problems, Amorites, Canaanites, sons of Anak, they were scared to death of these giants. F.B. Meyer said that faith makes giants look like grasshoppers. Faith makes giants look like grasshoppers, but unbelief makes grasshoppers look like giants. So the wimps were all whacked out because of their distorted perspective. And let me just say this, that uh, the Israelites, they had divine promises. They had seen divine performances. They knew the divine presence, and yet they were still afraid. And I want to say this. You better be afraid of your fears because fears always bring failure. And the wimp response is they were terrified at what was going to come next. You know, we live in this country, and I just throw this out for what it's worth. I never comment on this, but I'm going to say this here this morning. Uh, whether you get COVID or not, you're still going to die at one point in time or other if Jesus doesn't rapture out in the meantime, okay? And we can hold up and hold out and wait on the fallacy to come up with something else, or we can say by the grace of God we're going to live whatever time we've got left in the power of the Holy Ghost, and we're going to believe God to keep us safe, and if he doesn't, we just graduate early. Can I get a witness on that point right there? So this wimp responds right here. Now, look, look. Um, the Israelites, all they could see were their own weakness. Well, my immune system is compromised. <laughs> well, mine is too. I'm just, it really is. If you knew what was going on. But, but listen, uh, they had an army of 600,000 soldiers, and they were hobbled by this giant of fear. Now, so we, we, we got the, the fear of the future. People don't know what's going to happen. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. 
uh, the course we're on, brother, you better, get, you better get shut up with God in the quiet place and get your eyes on Jesus or you're going to live a miserable life. And I'm telling you, we got the fear of the future. We got the fear of change. A uh, change ain't happening, going to happen. It's already happened and more is coming. But we can't afford to be paralyzed by fear. And I want to tell you something. The wimps had rather die in the wilderness uh, than go forward. And the strategy of the devil is to take the fight right out of you. You know, in the New Testament, old Apollos, remember this guy? The orator, the evangelist, well taught concerning the facts of Jesus. I mean, man, he was a gospel uh, preacher, but he had a hole in his theology. He was totally ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Remember how that Aquila and Priscilla, business people, took him over on the side and began to educate him uh, concerning the deeper work of the Spirit of God, which he knew nothing about that. And, and, and he was humble enough to be instructed by business people, one of which was a woman, which is neither here nor there, uh, but and he was humble enough to be able to, uh, uh, to learn from people. And, and how many think if Apollos had more to learn, then maybe there's more that we could learn? You know, one of the tragedies in fundamental Christianity is we've got our block of belief that we believe we got that down and we think that's all there is to it. I'm just here to tell you, brother, this is a big book right here. It's got a lot of big truth in it right here. And, and, and a lot of it would be new to us if we were humble enough to ask God to teach us uh, concerning himself. Good preaching, Brother Harold. Now, how many come to church not to learn anything new? They don't come to church to learn anything new. They come to church to have reinforced what they already believed. Let me ask you something. Is the sum total of truth wrapped up in what you've experienced? Is the sum total of truth wrapped up in what you've experienced? Well, somebody says, well, Brother Harold, don't you know if it's true, it's not new, and if it's new, it's not true. Really? Really? They ain't nothing new to God. They ain't nothing you could bring up that would be new to Him. But there's a million things that would be new to us if we were humble enough and had a childlike faith disposition to be taught by God concerning the stuff that we have no idea about so far. That's why most most places, uh, the, the, the preachers, they got, a, they got some of these hobby horse themes and they just go through them the whole time for 40 years. Now, now listen, brethren, there's foundational truth and I'm not talking about something strange or different for the sake of being strange or different. But brother, there's a whole lot of truth in this book that could refresh our hearts, but you've got to open the Bible with an open heart, a teachable disposition, rather than reading it through your own tradition and your own experience. Now look, once you stop growing, you start going backward. You know what, you know, you know, you know what, you know what's at an all-time low? The hunger, spiritual hunger level in conservative churches at an all-time low. An all-time low. Now listen to this. One of the great dangers of growing older is you quit growing. And if you fail to reach out for more, you're going to end up with less than what God wants you to have. And I'm telling you, if your soul is not expanding, it's shriveling. And if you don't reach out to heaven for more, you stay exactly where you are. Now listen, Israel chose to stay put rather than move forward because they were afraid of change. Now, they say the average church in America has 68 people in attendance. 68 people. And, and, and you know what? The fear of change makes people scared to learn new truth. But I'll tell you what I believe. 
I believe we need some fresh wind, fresh fire, and we need a fresh touch from God. Nobody here has learned enough about Jesus. There's so many angles and aspects and nuances about him that, uh, brother, we could spend eternity rehearsing those kind of things. Now listen, instead of being man-centered, movement-centered, culture-centered, ethnic-centered, what about getting God-centered? Now you know, what a, you know what a learner is? A learner, a learner is somebody who is willing to unlearn what they never should have learned in order to learn what they should have learned in the first place. That's what a learner is. And before you're going to learn how to pray, you're going to have to unlearn some of the stuff you learned that you shouldn't have never learned in the first place. <laughs> I mean, thank God for whatever we learned that was right and good. But brother, I'm just telling you, uh, the Israelites were afraid the wimp response. Somebody made this statement. He who loses wealth loses much. He who loses a friend loses more. But he who loses courage loses all. You know what courage is? It's confidence in the character of God. Confidence in the, courage is confidence in the character of God in seasons of distress. You know, we're continually faced with a series of great opportunities brilliantly disguised as insoluble problems. And they show up like giants. Last week, uh, week before last, I met two people who had pancreatic cancer. Two. And that's a, that's, that's a game over kind of a diagnosis, you know. I met one guy who eight years ago, he had uh, prostate cancer. Then he got uh, cancer up here. They had to take his eye out. So he's, they took his eyeball out. Now he's got melanoma. His leg looks like raw meat. I, I, I mean, you know what I thought? Man, I don't have any problems compared to this guy. This week, I met an 81-year-old guy who had a heart attack 10 years ago. Then they found out he had leukemia. <laughs> he had 118 chemo treatments. Then he got shingles. And now he's got bladder cancer. You know, I said to him, I said, man, after listening to you, I feel a whole lot better about my situation. I'm just telling you. I, I, I mean, how many know that uh, there's all kinds of... Uh, opportunities uh, that look like, look like insoluble problems. And I'm telling you, the, the Israelites, here they are with all these giants. Now, listen, we all have giants we got to face. There's a giant of unbelief. There's a giant of selfishness. There's a giant of carnality, of our besetting sins, addictions, anxiety, sickness, and grief. And brother, listen, listen, listen. We're all going to have opportunities, and we can either do the wimp response, or number two, we can have the whiner response. But it's 2021, let me define whiner. Not W-I-N-E-R, but W-H-I-N-E-R, all right? The whiner response. Now look in chapter 14, verse 1. Look at this. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, every one of them, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, Would to God we had died in the wilderness, uh, in the land of Egypt. Or would to God we had died in this wilderness. What kind of talk is this? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us up unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Man, they're looking back. And they said to one another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. 
Now, this is the whiner response. They're not only afraid, but here they are whining about it. Now listen, all they could see were the difficulties. They were preoccupied with problems. They had this pent-up frustration. So they criticized Moses, which was unreasonable and unjust. And instead of ascribing fault to the ten faithless spies who had robbed them of their faith, instead of uh, ascribing fault to the unbelief in their own hearts, what do they do? They attack Moses, which is really an attack on God. Now, how many know you can't learn from people you don't respect? You can't learn from somebody you don't respect. You can't benefit from people that you don't honor. So here God is this, got Moses up there trying to lead this two million crowd through the wilderness, and here they are complaining about it. Now, God had already told them that the land was excellent. He promised to guide them. He had promised to drive out the heathen before them, and he already told them to go up and possess it. But so what did they do? They listened to these ten faithless spies, and they end up murmuring against Moses. Now, how many know that murmuring is complaining to people who can't do anything about it? I meet people in the airport and all kinds of places, and the first thing they do is they start murmuring about something. Start, and have you ever done that? I've done the same thing, haven't you? I mean, this, this is an exercise in futility. So they listen to the ten faithless cowards, and ten, and cowards instead of the two brave believers. And I want to tell you, the consequences of listening to an evil report are not good. The Bible says they were disheartened. They were distressed. They were up all night weeping. Just, just, just feeding this uh, flurry of, uh, of uh, criticism. They lifted up their voice to God. They cried out. Is it any wonder they were distressed? How many know that listening to the wrong people always results in disaster? You better be careful who you listen to. And I want to tell you something. We better start listening to somebody that's like Caleb that's got some faith instead of this other bunch because listening to slander incites you to to murmur. Have you ever noticed that when you listen to evil reports about people, it's pretty easy for an evil report to come out of your mouth? Have you, I mean, have you ever noticed this? Now, their perspective was so warped that they'd rather go back to Egypt to bondage, to bondage as slaves, uh, than to uh, go forward in the blessing of God. And the ten spies halted the progress of the nation for 38 years. Wow. Now, Jude chapter, well, you know chapter, Jude verse 14 through 16 talks about murmurers and complainers walking in their own lust. Hey, I grew up in Southside, Virginia, Randolph Henry High School, and uh, there we had a chapter of the FFA. How many remember the FFA? How many remember those, uh, those uh, jackets they had with the big yellow thing on the side right there? FFA, standing for what? Future. Mm -hmm. I got into an independent church. They had a chapter of the FFA, but it was the future Pharisees of America. All the time, all the time, spewing off about something, all the time coming up with, <laughs> I mean, just all the time griping. And, and, and listen, listen, listen. In the Gospels, remember the woman who anointed Jesus with that ointment? And remember what happened when she anointed Jesus? <laughs> the Bible says, some of them said, why this waste of the ointment? 
and they murmured against her. They ain't doing diddly squat, but here they are complaining against her because she's uh, wasting all the... You know what the other man does ain't none of my business. Say amen right there. And, and it's, it's ain't none of my business. Every church, every movement has resident critics. <laughs> criticize the message. Criticize the messenger. Before it's all over, they criticize the maker. You know, God said this bunch had provoked him to, in, in the wilderness. They, they made God upset because of all this griping that was going on. Now, here's a quote for you. Put this on the, on the, uh, on the fireplace, on some sort of a knit-knit kind of thing. A criticism is the death rattle of a non-achiever. Criticism is the death rattle of a non-achiever. Have you noticed how that career critics seldom make positive contributions to the cause. Have, have you noticed this? Now, Bill McLeod, who came to one of the prayer advances back when, he said that judging and criticizing is the favorite indoor sport of Christians. Judging and criticizing, the favorite indoor sport of Christians. But the Bible says, speak not evil one of another. Now, listen to this. Great men talk about ideas, but small men talk about people. James 3, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Now look, we got to judge righteous judgment. We got we to gotta understand right from wrong. We, we got to, you know, we got to stand for the truth. But wait a minute, perennial, habitual uh, complaining and criticizing all the time is not healthy. How many, how many of you know that? I'm at a point in my life where I don't need to get around a bunch of sourpusses. i got enough of that in me to start with. I need to get around somebody uh, that's got a little uh, victory on them, a, a little faith on them, a little hope on them, amen. And, 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 and all of this talk we're doing about all of this stuff that's going on, I'm just telling you, it, it, you better watch it. Because a critical spirit may not be a sign of great discernment. It might be a sign of the demonic this wisdom that doesn't come from above is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Now, the Bible says, speak not evil one of another. Mindless, thoughtless, careless, critical, derogatory speech. Mm -mm -mm. How many know what a dirt devil is? No, it's not something you buy at Lowe's. No. A dirt devil is a religious individual who can siphon up dirt on the best of the saints. Dirt devils just don't. Yeah, but. And then they tell you what's wrong. And, and, I mean, why do we have to do stuff like that? Now, in Genesis, Satan slandered God to man. Satan slandered God to man. Remember what he said? He distorted the words of God. He defamed the character of God. He slandered the integrity of God. And he attacked the motives of God. Don't you know that God's holding you back from this tree because yada, yada, yada. Here he is. And here he's slandering God. And then in the book of Job, we find Satan, Satan slandering man to God. I mean, he'd walked throughout the whole earth, showed up in heaven. What you been doing? Walking in the whole earth. And, and, and oh, God began to brag on Job. Haven't you considered? There's nobody like him in all the earth. And he hates evil. He does right. And so on and so forth. And what does Satan do? Criticized him. Yeah, well, the only reason he's serving you is because you've got a hedge around him. Take that hedge away, he'll curse you to your face. Here he is, slandering, slandering man to God. He prejudged Job's motives. Now, let me ask you, 
Is it not e easy to catalog the faults of others? To look for the blemishes, for the defects, and to rehearse the failures? Let me ask you this. Is it easy to rehearse stuff that you really don't know whether it's true or not? Well, I heard this. I'm not sure about this. Listen, slander is the straw that siphons the dregs of depravity from the bottom of the human heart. And I want to tell you, the whiner response is not the way to go. Because the tongue is never satisfied, it must be crucified. And here they are, uh, complaining, and they needed a spiritual mouthwash to kill those spiritual germs of criticism coming out of their mouth. So there's the wimp response, there's the whiner response, but let's get to this real quick, the warrior response. You've got to like this. Look in chapter 13, verse 30. Chapter 13, verse 30. Read it out loud, real loud with me, please. 13, 30. Let's read. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, At once and possess it, for we're well able to overcome it. Ooh, old Caleb. And he was the warrior in the bunch. Now the wimps saw the giants. The whiners focused on the garlics back in Egypt. But the warriors saw the goodness of God in the land of the living. The whiners focus on what they're going through. Champions focus on what they're going to. And Caleb had detached himself from the fearful, the naysayers, and the unbelievers. Can I just say something to you this morning? Don't let a setback cause you to draw back, but rather let it be a setup for, for an overcoming situation. And I'm telling you, things were bad. They've been trodden, trouncing around through the wilderness for decades. And, but old Caleb, he had never lost hope. Listen, winners focus on what, what is. They're all the time looking around, analyzing. Uh, whiners focus on what was. They're looking back. They're wishing that Mayor, Mayberry RFD would come back to America. It ain't coming back, but that's what they want. So they complain about it. But listen, the warriors focus on what can be. And we've got to quit looking at the way things are. We've got to start looking at the way things can be. By the way, how many know that uh, life on earth is temporary? How many of you understand you have an expiration date? How many, if you understand that, lift your hand. If you understand, you have an expiration date. You ain't going to live down here forever. You're going to live somewhere forever. So, so listen, uh, don't get so overwhelmed with what's happening down here. Uh, think a lot about what's happening up there. I've been thinking about heaven. You know, the Bible says we're to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look in Revelation at kind of what's happening up there with uh, uh, the uh, praise and worship, for example. I mean, here are the four and twenty elders. Um, you know, they can barely get in their seats, but what? Man, they get overwhelmed at the goodness of God, and here they're falling off their seats and throwing crowns at the feet of Jesus. And I mean, they're just having a... It, it ain't like church services down here. I'm, it ain't like it is down here. I'm just telling you. Uh, think, about, think about something like that because warriors focus on, on the goodness of God. Now, uh, li listen to this. Let me give you three characteristics of a warrior. Three things that Caleb had that the others lacked. Number one, old Caleb, he had abundant faith, abounding faith. In verse 30, he said, we are well able to overcome it. Wow. Well able to overcome it. Now, faith is confidence in God. 
Now, the, the wimps are preoccupied with fear. The warriors are preoccupied with fussing. But the warriors are preoccupied with faith. And I want to tell you, these warriors, they view these obstacles as unrealized opportunities. Alan Redpath said, let's keep our chins up and our knees down. We're on the victory side. Mm. Frank Rita said, faith is the conviction that God does not tell lies. Mm -mm -mm. Faith is man's weakness <coughs> leaning on God's strength. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Non-expectancy is sin. You know, God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest grief is to be doubted. And I'll tell you what warriors have. They have faith. Yeah, things ain't so hot, but we're well able to overcome it. Now I want you to look at one more verse, chapter 14, 24. Look at this one. Chapter 14, 24. You've got to like this. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Don't you underline that? Another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and all his seed shall possess it. <clears throat> Caleb had this different spirit. God said, he's followed me uh, faithfully. Therefore, I'm going to bring him into the land. No, Caleb was a man with a different outlook. He didn't fit in. And by the way, if you fit in with what's going on down here, you're out of step with the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you, you're out of step, man. And old Caleb, he didn't fit in. He was a man of passion. He was a man of vision. And, and you know, believing you actually possess what you ask for in prayer is not presumption. I think the Bible calls that faith. D.L. Moody said, if God is your partner, make your plans big. Make your plans big. We want to give away a half million books. You say, that's impossible. If God's your partner, make your plans big. By the way, we brought you all some books. Uh, We've got one for every family uh, sometime or another. Uh, Sharon will get that out to him sometime or another. But, but, but by the way, what I'm telling you is this. Don't look at what you can do. Uh, just look beyond all that to what God could possibly do. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, old Caleb, he was full of faith. He said we're well able to overcome it. Number two, he had something else that the, the others didn't have. He had fire. He had fire. Look, look at what he said in verse 30. Let us go up at once. At once. You know, Caleb didn't say, hey, let's, let's uh, get a committee going down there to study this for the next 12 months and see what's going to happen. <laughs> no, he said, let us go up. And, you don't need no committee, man. Just, just, just do it. That's, and, you know, there's two symbols for fire or for the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, wind and fire, right? Two, remember, they heard the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. So wind. And then they had tongues of, I don't know what a tongue of fire is, but it was sitting on top of their heads, buddy. That'd be a good Christmas decoration, amen? I just had that thing up there flying all over, and, and wind and fire. Mm. Now, think about the disciples uh, after the Savior had been crucified, everything they had hoped for gone up in smoke. Nothing turned out like they thought it was going to turn out. So two of them on the Emmaus Road, murmuring, complaining, rehearsing, all the things. Jesus pulled up beside of them incognito. Remember this? And they didn't know it was him. And Jesus said, why are you boys so sad? And they began to rehearse it. They said, have you not heard what happened? 
And then they went through the whole sorry situation and just rehashing the same old negativity, the same old garbage, the same old thing. And Jesus just listened till they shut up. And then he began to uh, speak the things concerning himself from the Old Testament scriptures. Now that's one sermon that would have, I would like to have heard. Jesus preaching on Jesus from Genesis to Malachi. I would like to have heard that sermon right there. So he began to rehearse these things. Uh, and, and then uh, the, the veil was taken away. You know, here they are, blind as bats. And, and all of a sudden, wait a minute. <clears throat> they realized this is Jesus. And immediately, he, he departed out of their sight. Like he just took off, just like that right there. And, 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 and what did they say? They said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way? How many know it's a good thing when your heart starts burning a little bit? Can I get a witness on this right here? If you've not had a burning for a long time, then you're way overdue, man. Get, get on the Emmaus Road and listen to Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's the fellowship of the burning hearts. And listen, when, when God comes, uh, our hearts are warmed. And this fire, it lightens, it consumes, it purifies, it animates. And you know, you know, where there's holy fire, there's initiative. I said, initiative. You know, you know, you know I mean, we have come to a point where we think that being faithful means showing up on Sunday morning and expecting nothing uh, January 1 till December 31. Well, Brother Harold, the culture has changed and things are different. Well, God hasn't changed. By the way, uh, God wants to put a little fire in your heart concerning your own family. Some of us got some prodigal situations going on, and we all have potential prodigal situations going on. And you know what? A little fire and a little belief in God and a little faith-filled kind of praying, a little expectant praying, would be a good thing. Quit praying like a Presbyterian for crying out loud and start praying like you believe what the Word of God says and that God can do anything He wants to do. I hope I never lose the fire. If I ever dry up and become one of these old crotchety, no account, negative, that's why I preach. You know, I don't ever go to preacher's meetings because all they do is complain about how sorry things are in their situation. I don't want to get around that kind of stuff. I want to get around somebody like Caleb, man, who said, yeah, things ain't so hot, but hold on here. Uh, things, good things can happen. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, this fire, this fire. Caleb, he was uh, full of sanctified ambition. He said, let us go up at once. But number three, not only faith and fire, and listen to this one, Old Caleb, he had something else they didn't have. He had fortitude. Fortitude. He had not given up the ghost. He says, let us go up at once and possess it. Caleb was ready for a fight. Now listen, he couldn't acclimate himself to the wilderness. The rest of them had settled down. Yeah, we're socialists. Uh, you can't fight it, just join them. No, no, here, here he was, not content to spend the rest of his life uh, plodding around in the wilderness. Uh, his body was in the wilderness, but his heart was in the promised land. I was just with an older pastor. Here's what he told me. Whew, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> he says, uh, he said, Brother Harold, our church missed God in a decision that we should have made 35 years ago. And he said, we've been in the wilderness ever since. Whew. Then he said, but the wilderness 
is not a bad place. I couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say. He said, in the wilderness, your shoes don't wear out. In the wilderness, you have manna every day. And the wilderness is a good place. And I said to myself, I'm in the wrong place. Because if this guy thinks the wilderness is a place of preference... Let me out of here. I'm going somewhere else. And, and, and if that's what fundamentalism is, you can count me out. I'll just tell you that right now. If that's what it is, that's not what it is. But if that's what they say it is, brother, that is not where we ought to be is in the wilderness. Oh, Caleb, buddy, he's over there. He's all percolate, 85 years old, probably on barley green, uh, drinking carrot juice. I don't know what all he was into. But, brother, he was fired up, wasn't he? Now, listen. The Israelites were like a cage of canaries. They had a lot, a lot of activity, but no progress. A lot was going on, but they were going nowhere. Marching around in circles, 38 years. Can you imagine? Just walking around all over the place. I took my wife on a, a cruise, which I don't know if we'll ever get to go on another cruise or not. But um, go on a cruise, you might never, never come back. <laughs> you might... Make you stay off the shore. I don't know. But we went on this cruise with Royal Caribbean. Anybody ever been on a cruise? Cruises are cool. And uh, this was the oasis of the seas, the biggest cruise ship in the world. Now, in the promenade, they had a merry-go-round, just like at the uh, fair, you know, at the circus. Merry-go-round, a real one. You know, with that, that, um, that uh, Church of God pipe organ music in the background. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Boom, 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 boom. You know, they got that thing going on. And, and, and they got these horses. And these little children were up on the merry-go-round. And they, they were seven, you know, the horse going up and down. And they're just going around like this right here. Just going around in circles. And every time they'd come around to see their parents, they'd wave at them like they'd been on a long trip. And, and, and they're seeing them again. <coughs> and then they'd go around again, you know, up and down, up and down. Every time they'd come around, you know, they'd be... <laughs> Even like, like they had been somewhere, but all they were doing was going around in circles. And you know what? The children of Israel were on this spiritual merry-go-round, going around in circles, constant motion, but no progress. But old Caleb, he, he wanted no part of it. And I want to tell you something. Uh, Caleb was swimming upstream. He was out of sync with his countrymen. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he didn't fit in. Now, the ten spies were bound up with fear, but old Caleb was bursting with faith. He was against the tide. Somebody said that a dead fish floats with the current, but it takes a living fish to swim upstream. And old Caleb, buddy, he was upstream all the way, fortitude, faith, and fire. Now, brother, it's a sin not to live up to our privileges. The cities were great, but God was greater. The walls were high, but God was higher. And the Giants were big, but God was bigger. That's what old Caleb saw. You know, the Bible says, exhort one another daily. Daily. Lest any of you become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Today, if you, any man will hear his voice, listen to this. Don't harden your heart like in the provocation when Israel provoked God in the wilderness. Here they are making God upset, and they couldn't enter in because of their unbelief. But the wimps and the whiners... They died in the wilderness, but Caleb and Joshua got into the promised land. <clears throat> now look, you get to choose your destination. If you think the wilderness is a cool place, that's your choice. 
But buddy, if you say, I'm going for broke, I want what God's already promised. He's given us privileges. I want the promised land in the here and now. And I'm telling you, take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil art of unbelief and departing from the living God. So here are these warriors, you know. They have a different reality. They're not like the wimps. They're not like the whiners. They, they have faith, fire, fortitude. And, and <coughs> somebody said, life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to what happens to us. And you know, uh, uh, we all know somebody that's died in the last year. I guarantee we all know somebody. We know many, many bodies that have died in the last year. Some of my friends, you just wonder, like, what's going on here? And then every day you get another report. Life is 10% of what happens, but it's 90% of how we respond to what happens to you. And by the grace of God, we don't have to have a wimp response. And we don't have to have a whining response. No matter what our track record has been, we can get beyond this. And brother, we can have the warrior response. Now, the wimps and the whiners all perished in the wilderness. Whew. By the way, at the end of the day, uh, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, don't you want to have some fruit to present? Some crown to cast? Some... God-ordained work through your heart and life that stands the fire test in eternity? Yes. Now listen, the warriors, uh, Caleb and Joshua, Joshua were the only adults who set foot in the promised land. So we learn from this, not everybody's going to finish up strong, but thank God some will, and by the grace of God, we can. So here's the point right here. It's time to man up. Listen, it's time to man up. It's time to, time to live your convictions. You don't have to be hateful about it, but just be confident about it, right? Just be confident about it. Cast your fears on the Lord. Face the giants. What kind of giants you got going on? Man, if we took a survey, I guarantee we got some people here. We've got some physical giants going on. Got some cancer giants going on. Got some grief giants going on. Got some anxiety giants going on. Got all kinds of things going on. Of course, everybody's carrying something. But listen, listen, listen. We can have a different spirit like Caleb. And, and, and you know what? He was never satisfied just to, just to hobble over. And, you know, he, he wasn't like that. He, he wanted to get into everything that God had. And God can help us to regain a proper perspective. I know when you get run over, you, you, need, you need some time to heal up. I, I, I know all. I'm good with all of that. But by the grace of God, at least we can get, quit complaining. Amen? And, and start praising a little bit. Instead of grumbling about what you done lost, you ought to be shouting hallelujah for whatever you got left. And we all got a lot left, by the way. And I know when we get beat up so bad, we can't see nothing positive. Been there, done that. I know what depression's all about. But I'll tell you one thing. God doesn't want us to live in that state uh, perennially, okay? We all go through seasons of hard, uh, difficult. But by the grace of God, let's get, on, get off of the Emmaus Road and get hooked up with Jesus. And let's get with old Caleb. And, and, and let's uh, get battle ready, suit up in the armor of God, 
and pick up the shield of faith and plod on. Now listen, we can ask God in faith right now for, a, for, for some fire, for some fire and some fortitude. Can I exhort you a little bit here this morning? Get your fire back. A little enthusiasm back. And if it's been a long time since you got excited about something, you're in depression. And I'm just here to tell you, there's always something to look forward to in the kingdom of God. You know, you know, you know, the older you get, I guess the more you think about this, but, you know, heaven sounds pretty good. No devil. Wow. No temptation. Wow. Uh, no sickness. Wow. No radiation treatments. <laughs> wow. Uh, no funerals. Wow. No sadness. Wow. No disappointment. Wow. A spiritual party all the time. Wow. Jesus in the midst, knowing as we are known, understanding eternity to, to fulfill whatever assignment he wants to give us. And by the, there's always something to look forward to if you're a child of God. So by the grace of God, let's ask God for, in faith for some fire and fortitude to face whatever's going to happen next. And let's go for the warrior response and reject the wimp response. Amen? Reject the whiner response. And by the grace of God, go with the warrior response. Let's pray. Stand to your feet if you would. Start to the Lord for a moment. Now look, I know some of y'all have lost friends, relatives, lost some battles, lost some things in life. Oh, listen, I, 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 we're not belittling that at all. Man, that's tough. But it comes down to it. It's how we're going to respond. And, and if I could just somehow encourage you today uh, to look, look be above and beyond. I know God has to heal up our hearts, and thank God he does. But God wants us back on the firing line, and he wants us to be like old Caleb. <laughs> be like Caleb. So let's ask God for, in faith, let's ask God in faith for holy fire and fortitude. And I want you to pray not only for you, I want you to pray for people in your family that's had the wind knocked out of them. I want you to pray for friends, church members, people, who have been through the worst kind of loss and grief. Hey, let's just, let's go to bat right now. God, help them. Lord, 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 thank you for giving us this example from the Old Testament about these responses to problems. And oh God, would you just uh, stir up our hearts again, Father. Uh, Father, we pray for fire. We pray for fortitude, God, in faith. We pray for people that's going through it, sitting right here right now, that, God, that you would just restore them, and, God, you'd help them. God, you'd bless them. Lord, we pray for people that we know who need a recovery, who need 
to have the burning heart come back because it's been a long time. God, we pray that you would uh, restore them. And God, in faith, and God, you would uh, return uh, the spirit within them that they could be like Caleb. That, Lord, we could have a different spirit within us. I just want you to spend a few moments here talking to the Lord. Just talking to the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Sister, if you just play through some verse, and we'll just respond to the Lord in our hearts here this morning. In light of what you've heard here, just talk to the Lord for a few moments for your own self, your own family, and for others. Let's just sing that uh, chorus, I need thee every hour. Let's just sing it as a prayer to the Lord now. I need thee every hour. Make it a prayer. A tender voice like thine can peace afford. Make this your prayer. I need you, Lord, I need you. Talk, sing it out. Savior now just tell the Lord in the quietness of your heart that you're choosing to have faith in him and you're believing him and our brother will come and close us up here in just a moment standing hymn number 278 angels we have heard on high there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God Luke 213 angels we have heard on high
to the back so everybody can shake your paw and we appreciate you preaching to us and great messages and challenging a lot of emphasis on prayer and uh, everybody should desire a spirit like Caleb how much courage he had uh, very very uh, admirable of him and God given and we thank all of you for coming and participating in the service, and you're dismissed. Thank you.